When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Hello, and welcome back to the You Up podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Freed. It is so good to be here with you, Jordana. Virtually, we are virtual hosting this show. Everyone's away and schedules couldn't connect and this happens every now again it's nice to have the option right yeah it just makes us you know that much more excited we get get to really miss each other for when we see each other next week in person it amps me up for the in-studio ones even more exactly because it feels like a reunion when we've had like more than a week between them but how have you been what's what's going on um i was in madison wisconsin the shows were madison I mean, you were right. The Coasties versus the the Scannies, the Scannies, the, yes. the, the 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 whole milk drinkers versus the oat milk drinkers. <laughs> it definitely was. Which crowd um, it, did you get the shark? The sharks and the jets. Um, it, it's a little bit of everybody, you know. Like it's um, you know, the thing about Madison is known as a college town because of the University of Wisconsin, but also it's the capital. So like. There's adults in in the room, you know. It's not right. just um, a college kid town. There's a lot going on there, and it's really just beautiful. Like it was hot. It was the first hot weekend, right? Which it was ninety degrees, and like you know that first oh, wow. hot weekend where you're like, you just hate that it's hot. Like you've been praying for this the whole winter, yeah. And then it hits you, and you're like, no. I have to take it's three showers today. Yeah, it's too, it's too hot. hot. Like I, I was yeah. like, it's just nothing is ever right. Like I was like, I'm the fucking three bears, you know? <laughs> like totally. No, I mean, I went to school at Cornell and Ithaca, and it was freezing all year. And then our graduation, it was like again, like 90 degrees, and you're like, we didn't mean that. We, it's, it's yeah, too we, much. Yeah, <laughs> we take it back. Yeah, please. exactly. Um, but it's just like it was very nice to have um, so many you up listeners at the shows. The shows were fun. I'm working through the TED Talk I'm doing this weekend. In oh, wow. Arena. So by the time this airs, yeah. this will... A TED Talk will be out there. I will think. be out. I think... I, I would assume. I don't yes. know how this works. Or you will have already done it anyway. I'll have done it. And then the video, I'll have more information next week. But I'm sure if you follow me on social media, I'll have... I'll be putting... I'll, I'll talk about it to no one's. I'm sure I'll be annoyed with it in the way I'm annoyed with the weather you know well and, um, I'm, I, I'm nervous about it I'm, i think I'm truly sorry go on go ahead please i was gonna say i think this means you've made it you are an expert really? well whenever anyone tries to question your credibility you'd be like yeah. you can say you know i'll here's the link to my ted talk like literally i it is funny that 
we live in this like siloed world, which has been said to no ends. And, you know, everyone says it, you know, everyone has their own entertainment. Like if you like a show, you know, the people who like your show and to some people, a Ted talk means something. And to other people, it's like you, <laughs> like it's a punchline. And to some people they've never even heard, like my dad, he was like, a Fred talk, you know, like <laughs> immediately has no idea what the hell it is. Um, Some guy then, named Ted in his basement and you right. just, you know, it's a pot. It sounds like someone's podcast they filmed from their mom's basement. It's yeah. exactly what if it sounds like it. to them. Yeah. If, you, if you have no idea, like my parents are like, why would you do this? And then what happens is you have to like, and this is kind of the world we live in. I think like anyone listening, whatever your job is, like, it's the new world of work. Like, I, I, I know you know this. Like, explaining to someone what Betches is when they have no idea what Betches is. Oh, yeah. I do that in liquor stores across the country <laughs> every week, it seems like. And <laughs> it's an uphill battle. <laughs> well, that's right, because you're trying to let these liquor store owners know why they should push. Right, why they drink, should stock right? faux pas, because, you know, we've got the Betches machine behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, to try to explain what a K-text is to someone who's a middle-aged man has, you know what I mean? Like, that's how, it's funny. I think I was talking to someone about this. It's like, that's how middle-aged men actually text is like a K. And it's not, yeah. it's not like, it's kind of like that guy, Tony. <laughs> from the Tony the contractor is texting K not it's like a passive aggressive thing but just because like he's like why would that be cold why would it, co- why would it be cold <laughs> it's yeah. It, uh, yeah right it's it's it, it means nothing to him and something to everyone else right it's a culture yeah, it's a cultural no, thing yeah it is it's it's the unsaid words that are being said and so yeah so talking to people about like I'm doing a TED talk and then I'm doing it on stage at a comedy show because I'm. this is how I work on things. Like, I remember when I first told you about this, you were like, send it to me. But I'm like, that's not even how I operate. You know, okay. <laughs> like the idea that I would have this like written out in a script. I Like, I'd love to be that person. I'm just not that person. So that makes me even more like stressed about it because I'm like, I'm basically putting it together like I would put together a routine. Can it be funny? And- you can't swear apparently, which is fine. I don't need to okay. swear. You don't swear that it, much. No, and 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 if I do, it's it's really not necessary. And then, um, so I guess it's, I mean, mine's gonna be comedic. So, it, but it's definitely a tone change. So in Madison, I like was working on it at the end of the show. So I would like kind of fit it into my stand-up set. So it's like, you know. Part of the TED Talk is I'm talking about who should pay for the first date. That's the topic. Yes. Who should pay for the first date. And honestly, it's to me, it's a commercial for this podcast. Um, and the Love it even more. That, <laughs> the advice that we give. Like I talk about like I'm a comedian who gives dating advice. And like the number one question I get is like, why you? And uh, that's a hard question for me to answer because like no one knows what they're talking about this stuff. We say it all the time. We're talking out of our ass, like mm-hmm. we're giving... But I think people who know and love this podcast understand without having to explain it why they listen and why this is maybe help them or help them laugh at dating or help them look at it from a different perspective. So I'm basically doing a 15 minute TED talk on, you know, owning your feelings, but under the, you know, the the uh, the headline who should pay for the first date because and and kind of 
weaving my way through that. And I, you know, I've polled my Instagram audience as kind of to show the vibe of how people respond to such a thing. Right. And, and it's hard because a lot of it, our listenership is very female. So in a 2022 world, I'm the straight dude getting on stage being like, so women, you know, you don't want to say, you know, right. you don't want to sound like that because on this podcast we're presented with the questions. So it's easier for me to not sound like I'm like, I'm not asking to tell women what to do. Like I, and also I don't think that's what we sound like, but I'm saying it could right. sound that way. So well, I'm on stage working it out and trying to not sound that way. Does that make sense? Totally. And that's why I really like the title that you came up with, which speaks to that, nuance of like there's no there's no right answer i assume you sort no, of there's i no assume right you i don't want to i don't want to spoil you know. the ending but you know if it's anything like this podcast and it's like the discussions we're having it's like the, the kind of thing where there's no right answer and i think what you're saying really goes really well into that topic and i hope they they work with i'm sure they will record it i really want to watch oh the excited. whole thing is yeah. the reason i'm doing it is to be recorded which right. is why it adds so much anxiety for me like, listen, if I put out a if I put out a stand up special, if I if Mr. Netflix, Mrs. Netflix, uh, <laughs> you know, came and tapped me on the shoulder, I would prepare for that for months and every word would be planned out. And this has been like, OK, I'm putting together kind of like a, a, you know, a 10 to 18 minute piece and I'm kind of sewing it together over time and i'm doing it at the comedy cellar so like i went to the comedy cellar last night i did four sets i'll tell a and it's hard because the comedy cellar if anyone's ever been it's the best club in the world if you're going to come to new york it is the most new york experience um, quintessential my, new york com comedy experience yes you feel like you're in new york and i'm mm. i'm saying this because the cellar has been home to me for a lot of years now and if you want to make a reservation don't 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 DM me. Stop DMing me. Go when are website. you on? Go it's to the easy. website. And if it if it show, go to their calendars. I'm on the calendar. You yes. know, I'm 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 sprinkled in. And if it shows sold out, do not get worried because all of their shows are showing sold out because it's a reservation based system. This is this is people, like people it, make a million reservations and then don't show up and then don't so, show up yeah. because you don't have to pay ahead of right. time. So don't let that scare you away. There's a standby line they do a half hour before every show so if you get there a half hour early you do the standby line i'm gonna say 90 percent chance you get it yeah so totally i mean now i have my you as my, as my as my as my insider access but long yeah. before you were the you know the comedy legend that you are i yes right <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty it's not that hard to to, to go to get in without DMing Jared, but you should go. Yes. <laughs> you should go, but also what happens at the cellar is it's different than seeing me on the road. You see me on the road, I do an hour. So when I slip in this little tonal change for 10 minutes, it's okay. When I'm at the cellar, it, everyone does 10 to 15 minute sets. Right. And, everyone's, and everyone at the cellar, because it's such a well-known, famous place, everyone's coming in with their hot material you know like everyone's like ha 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 you know there's people there that have that are like i'm i'm coming to kill yeah and i and so the last few nights i've been getting up to the cellar like like just fucking bombing because i'm like hey everybody i give dating advice and they're like what what's this and i'm like own your feelings and they're like <laughs> why are we tired <laughs> yeah <laughs> Talk about your penis, you know, like, right? You know, so especially and, if you're doing those like midnight sets, totally. <laughs> everyone's yeah, wasted. Like there's, 
there's a time and a place for what I'm doing, which is a TED talk, and it is comedic. I've yeah. I put little jokes in there, and it's been interesting because there was one set it did well at the cellar, and I had like all these older women coming up to me with their kids, going, "Oh my god, I loved it! Oh my god, thank you so!" Like they were like appreciate. They I, and it was like a really nice feeling. And then today I got a message because they they had me replace. Um, they had me fill in because they know I'm working on this. Like, right. You know, the general manager, she was like, you know, one of the comics didn't uh, couldn't show for their set. So she's like, here's an opportunity. Do it again. Okay. Um, and I and I, I replaced and everyone should go watch. Uh, let me give a plug to another comedian, Chris Stefano. He has a Netflix so special funny. out. He's been right on this now. podcast. He's been on this podcast. Yes. So Chris Stefano has a Netflix special called Speciweshi. Put it in the queue. Great special. So funny. He's great. You, great title. If you did, great title. It, 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 you know, it's a very good special. So everyone should go watch it on Netflix. So he wasn't there. Okay. So the last night, so like Liz, the GM, she was like, go, you'll take Chris's spots. And now she sent me a message um, being like, um, hey, she got like a review. Okay. And someone messaged her, hey, um, Bootleg Chris DeStefano was great, <laughs> but I came to see Chris. Oh wow! Like, oh, she wow. shared that with you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> that seems. Yeah, the, you know. the seller's ruthless, but I, I'm, I'm, but I'm working through this thing. So I'm like, I'm stressed out about it. I'm gonna have like a PowerPoint. Like I've never used yeah. a PowerPoint. I mean, before. I'm sure it's gonna be incredible. This is like to give you a sense as someone who was watched a fair share of TED Talk. This is like the Netflix special of like intellectualism. I mean, <laughs> well, somehow I've infiltrated. You know, <laughs> no, the, the I think smart it's going to be table. great. I love. All, yeah. I mean, I follow Ted TEDx on on TikTok, so you know, I'm mm. I'm all I'm 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 a big fan. I'm excited to to see what you do. It's going to be I great. Mean, so I, I've gotten good feedback. Like everyone at the cellar was like, "Wow, like it's perfect for it." And I've shared it with some people. I'll share. I'll send you the voice memo if you want to get a preview. I'll send it to you. Yeah. After we're done here, I'll send it to you. But um, it's, I'm still, it's just tough because I'm so used to, like, my job on stage is laugh, 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 laugh. And the job is a little different for this. You have to have a through line. It's got to make sense. It's got, like, the thing in the beginning that you bring up has to make sense at the end. So, I don't know. And, and again, this is, the reason I'm doing it is for this podcast. I want more people to listen to it. I want more people to, like, see the heart behind what we talk about and it's it's kind of a response to people who have rules and i think what we do is kind of the diet and exercise of dating talk which and sometimes that's hard to hear exactly no shortcuts no that's right um how are you jordana you, you push it pushing the wares yeah, just selling selling faux pas all over the place. It's gonna be a faux pas summer, and so I'm I'm out there every day just working for you guys, just making sure that you can find faux pas in any liquor store that's in your state or your city. I'm getting ta- I'm getting tagged in the posts. People are loving it. Yeah, uh, you you feel it. You can feel it in the air. I, you know, I I can I can sense faux pas out there. I I came home and had one the other night and. Ooh, a spicy margarita. It, it was as it if was I a had kick. a. It was as if I had a bartender in my home at two a.m. That's really like the idea because it's like okay, yeah, you could make yourself like a vodka soda mm. when you come home at whatever time it is, but you're not going to make yourself a vodka soda and then muddle the 
the the uh the lemon the meyer lemon into it and the mint like no it's you know what i mean it's and it, it's just like an easy way to bring people together too betches is all Absolutely. about the commiseration like you said like being with your friends hanging fr- out with your friends having fun socializing connecting on these like vulnerabilities that we talk about and things like this podcast and like all the branding everything you see about faux pas is like meant to lend itself to that concept so love it and speaking of commiseration people we're coming to your town uh we put on a live show i i stand by it jordana stands by it. yes we, we we love doing this show but we all we also love how it's we believe in it and and i think we're coming to boston it's in three weeks it's crazy yeah that's my hometown be- if I need people to go and get these tickets right now, uh, Boston Mass on June 14th. Then we're going to be in San Francisco on June 20, 21st. L.A. June 22nd. Um, Austin, Texas, uh, July 13th. Chicago, Illinois, July 26th. And New York City on August 10th. It's it, it's a tour, baby. We're, we're doing this. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. The prodigal son returns to his hometown that's, to that's perform. Right. At the Wilbur hope, Theater. At the Wilbur Theater. I'm just yeah. hoping that there's people there so, you know, my aunt and uncle aren't like, oh, yeah, you seem to be doing well. Ch- you know? Jared, <laughs> I have to tell you, Boston yeah. is a U uptown. Those tickets are almost gone. Really? So, yeah, that is. Oh, my God. Boston, this Chicago, you guys are killing it. Love it. Love you know, go LA crazy. in San Francisco, we're judging. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> don't let so. the miles between New York and, and there keep us, keep us uh, apart. That's right. Get the tickets. Betches.co slash live to get those tickets. Assemble the group chat. Um, are we ready to go? What are we? Uh, I got shows too. I mean, um, we're taping this on the 25th, right? So I'm going to be in Tampa, Florida this weekend. I'm doing six shows in Tampa. If you're around Tampa, come, come, come. I love doing shows in Tampa. I've been doing shows in Tampa Memorial for a Day? while now. Is Memorial it? Day weekend. Okay, I'm, great. I'm, here, I'm here all weekend. So I'll be at the beach. I'll be at the... I'll be at the shuffleboard court, but I'm also going to be at side splitters, um, jaredfree.com and also La Jolla, uh, the week after that. So Tampa and La Jolla, uh, Minneapolis. I'm also coming to Huntsville, Nashville, um, more cities, but coming up Tampa, La Jolla and Minneapolis, get those tickets, jaredfree.com. Also all the you up live tickets are on my website as well. Jaredfree.com, jaredfree.com. And guys, speaking of our shows, if you are coming to one of our shows and you would like to be set up on a date and I get DMS constantly asking people for me to set them up. I don't know them, so I can't really do that, but yeah, that's right. The you up podcast. We have a team that is looking to set you up. So if you want to be set up, Go on a date before one of our shows and then maybe come up and talk about it. Hold on. Not maybe. If we set you up on a date, you're coming on stage (laughs) and we've already got a hottie in Boston. We got a dude who's looking to date that we're setting him up with someone from the audience and we're going to bring you on stage. We're going to talk about it. That's part of the deal. You want to and we're going to have a great time. And listen, you know, Jordan and I, we're not we're going to. We're going to make fun of it, but we're going to make fun of it with love. We're going to have a fun right. time. We're going to figure this thing out. So we're going to set you up. And if you want to be that person who gets set up with a you up approved hottie. Exactly. Right? We're going to vet this person by reading their email. That's mm-hmm. about just about it. There's no background check or anything. <laughs> but 
if you want to go out with this person, I, I think you both love you up. It will be like yeah. a prerequisite, which honestly is like really all you need to know about a person to know if you're going to connect, right? They get it. They get it. And also they can't really say they don't. Oh, I, I didn't. You can't really, if you listen to the podcast, if it's a dude, they can't really be like, well, I didn't know that you like to have a plan. Right. You know, like, exactly. You can you know. just direct them to an episode anytime they yeah. mess up. So mm-hmm. if if you want to be set up, email uh, uup at betches dot com and email and write as the subject. Set me up and then the name of whatever city you're coming to. So set mm-hmm. me up, Boston. Set me up, Chicago, etc. Um, and I think it's going to be a really great segment. But it all hinges on your audience participation and also. If, you know, we have a bunch of other segments, maybe that segment's not for you. You want to do a dating app makeover, send your dating app for a submission to UUP at Betches.com with the city that you're coming to. Send your text message that you want us to interpret. We'll do a deal reveal. Honestly, that's what makes the show so fun. If you've got one, you're like, the world needs to know about these absurd texts that I've been getting. We'll tell you if they're actually absurd or not. That's right. That's what we do. We bring, we bring reality right to your face. And we spit it at you. Exactly. (laughs) Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Headliners, Ulta, Fenty Beauty, Levi's, Adidas, and so much more. Seriously, the list seems endless. Rakuten is how the -the in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. Personally, I'll be shopping for beauty and apparel. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. You know I love to find the best deals while I'm shopping. And trust me, Rakuten is the hack to save money while shopping. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members can earn cash back on everything they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, like beauty, clothing, electronics, travel, and dining. And this week only you're going to get the best deals ever. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you can get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. What are we talking about today? Okay, today we're talking about how to respond when someone asks you why you're single. Why you're still single. I'm going to read the email. The emails on today's episode are great. I have great episode. And the Sunday ones. So make sure and you the come sun- back. They're all very good. Yeah. Hi, J&J. I love listening to you both. You've given me a lot to, to rethink with dating in my 30s. So thank you. I'll get to my question. I've been single for the past five years. I've had plenty of short two-week, three-month flings, but nothing really stuck. To be honest, I've recently discovered with your help and my therapist, I do come off a bit strong with looking for a serious relationship and it tends to scare guys away, or they end up saying they aren't ready for what I'm looking for. So I backed off with saying what I'm looking for and trying to keep it fun, casual, and light conversations. However, I pretty much always get the nagging question right away. How are you still single? Who is dumb enough to give you up? I thought you'd be married off by now. Yeah, cringe. But this leaves me with the awkward answer of, um, I don't know, it just hasn't happened yet. I've been busy with focusing on myself. Haven't found the right one. Even though I'm screaming inside saying, yeah, no fucking clue either. You tell me. So (laughs) the correct response to this, thanks for all your advice. I can't wait to hear and use the response for the next time a guy asks me why I'm single. Um... So 
There, listen, we're not going to give you the correct response to why are you still single. Like, I mean, I, I can, you know, you can say like, yeah, I just love sucking random dick. I don't know. <laughs> like, you can really throw them off their game. I don't know if that really goes with her. I'm looking for a serious relationship. <laughs> I come on. She both comes on saying she wants a relationship too soon and also says, I don't know if it jives. Yeah, that might not work, but I mean, it might shock them into like, oh, I, that's a stupid question. <laughs> um, I, I, here's, it's, it's, um, can I take you inside the mind of a male for why this is asked? Yes, I would. Lo- I think we would all love that. Okay, me and the ladies uh, listening. You and the ladies, <laughs> sit down, ladies. Let me explain. Um, I, I, I think like okay, we have to, we have to. I believe in intent. We, you, you can't get mad at a question that was intended to not be destructive. I don't believe that these men are asking, how are you still single? Because they want to make you feel bad. You know, no, guys, not at all. At all. So, yeah. I mean, let's start at that, okay? I think what they are saying is, um, I, 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 and I would say this, at 37, when I go on these dates, I do want to know, how did you get here? Right. And that sounds bad, but like I would assume like we all had a journey. We didn't <laughs> what, get what uh, terrible chain of events could have led you to well, sitting across from me at this bar. <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of wonder that. It's not right. like you were like it's not like you got graduated college, got into a ditch, fell asleep until thirty five, and then woke up and said, I'll go on a date today. Right. That's just not everyone has a history and I think when this is a badly way, a bad way to ask that question. Like I'm when I'm on dates, I've asked, "What what are your recent relationships like? Like uh, what right. were your past relationships? What when was your last relationship?" I think that's kind of. I think I'm looking for the Those same are great information. But I do think that the, I'm looking for the same information as how are you still single, guy? Because how are you still single, guy? Is trying to make it wrap it in a compliment, but he doesn't yes. know it's not a compliment. He's saying, you seem cool. You seem to want a relationship. Why hasn't that happened? Yeah. And that's really what he's saying. Yeah. And I think that, again, I agree. There's no bad intention around that. And I think there's a sense of, again, if, if, you, saw, if you saw an amazing house on the market, you'd be like, this house is incredible. It's well-priced. It's, What's it's beautiful. What's going on? <laughs> um, why is it still available? It's been, on, it's been on the market for a little while. I'm wondering why. And, and that's <laughs> the thing. That's where we get, that's where the intent gets where the intent where where the miscommunication comes in because you have to understand if you're talking about a guy who's center of the bell curve like average dude like me um we're thinking we're not getting asked every day who you seeing where are you seeing why have you gotten married when are you getting engaged like these questions don't hurt us as much does, that, does anyone ever ask you why you're still single um not that way Okay. But I I think because women are way more careful of hurting feelings because that would hurt their feeling. Getting asked, why are you still single for a guy, wouldn't hurt our feelings. So that's why you're getting asked it in not a way that is a little more edible. Right. I think if you were going to ask it to a guy, it would be like, why haven't you been able to commit to anyone? It kind of usually comes off as that that feeling. Yeah. It would have that feeling like what's, I guess. It would depend on the tone, but I wouldn't if, – if a woman nicely asked, like, so you're 37, you've never been married, 
um, wh- wh- why do you think you're still single? I would be like, I don't know. I would I would go through like past relationships. Mm-hmm. I would go through my history, and I wouldn't have this societal, you know, fog of, so the, of, of, the, of a perceived judgment. Yes. yes. I, I don't think I would take it the same way. But I do understand knowing this, you know, having done this podcast for so long and having talked with women about dating, I understand. But yeah. I think that's because I've been given a lot of information. And, you know, I think this question is more about getting to a self-awareness perspective. And I think that's mm. – and for me, I totally relate to, to the um, – to the person who's writing in. I used to have anxiety about this. I think before I was with Mike, I was single basically since college. I met him about 27. And that question or that the idea of that question would also give me anxiety. I had a lot of insecurity around the fact that I was single for so long. That is something I just want to make sure we mention. Guys don't care about that. Like, right. the, I've never had a boyfriend or I've been single for three years. Um, no guy... I get that question all the time here on Instagram stories. You know, what if I've never had a boyfriend? It's not something that we go, never had a boyfriend. Ooh, (laughs) oh, must be fucked up. Like, that's not the first thought. Right. Because, again, you're lucky. Women should consider themselves lucky for men having the ego and confidence that we do. You know, we're like, oh, I'm the only man. You know, like, we don't see it that. It's just not seen as this unwanted woman it's just not right and i mean i would to to get you to understand i guess where that fear comes from because a lot of your societal worth comes from like the progression of of yourself towards like a a wife and mother or whatever Mm -hmm. it is comparatively it'd be like i think you probably meet a lot more women who don't really have a job and don't really are not insecure about that but a man i I, feel like wouldn't would be very tough it would be a lot tougher for a man to date unemployed than a woman Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm what saying. You, yeah. that, I'm not telling you. Like, that, yeah. like the insecurity right, that you would right. probably feel if you hadn't worked or hadn't gotten booked at a show in a long time when going out when going out with someone is probably somewhat in line with like the mentality of like, I haven't... Um, even if the other person doesn't really care that much, it's still something that you take with you. I guess that's the beauty of being a man or one of the many beauties of being a man is... Um, if you don't have a job, you don't go on a date, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like having a food addiction. You still have to eat food. You know, right. like if you have a drug addiction, a hard drug addiction, you can, you know, put yourself in situations where there, there isn't just the hard drug store. That's Meaning- just, I, I mean, I guess there's a pharmacy, but like, it's not like <laughs> there's just heroin at the local bodega, you know, like if you have a food addiction, you know, every block you pass by your addiction. If you're a woman, you have to go on dates to get out of that. Right. To get out of, you know, in the same way the food addict has to be around food. The the woman who's never been in a relationship has to still go on dates. The guy with no job can just not go on dates and go to a bar and spend five dollars for a beer and maybe meet a woman and go sleep with them. And then the next morning she goes, what do you do? And he's like, uh, nothing. Well. See you never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah like, well, in that way, yeah, it's, it's definitely tougher for us if you're, de- if you're dealing with something that isn't, you're not the most proud or excited about. Yeah. Again, even if the other person's like, it does not that big of a deal to me, or it does not, that big, it's not a big deal at all to me, which I'm sure there's people on both ends that you'd be date that w- wouldn't care. And you're saying you wouldn't 
that's not something you would think about. But I think to go back to what you originally said about asking about your previous relationships mm-hmm. and you know, your past dating experience and what brought you there. I think that was something that I learned to do um, as I got to be a more mature dater. And I think what this person needs to do is kind of figure out the answer to that herself. And for me, what that answer was, was not like, there's obviously there's like the super, if you, if you, if someone says it to you on a dating app, they're not going to give a real, the real serious, vulnerable, getting to know you answer. You're going to be like, haven't met the right person yet. That was usually my go-to. If it was too early, and I, I would be a little turned off at that question being too early. Mm. So I, 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 you bring up a really good strategy that I, that I actually do a lot, but didn't write down before because I did write the same. I wrote down two answers. I wrote, I just love sucking random dick, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then I wrote, right person hasn't come along. But what you just said um, is interesting to me. Taking someone's question and in, um, and create, and the word I'm looking for is, um, this is really good radio. Um, (laughs) um, When you hear someone's question and you, you assume the intent that you must you assume Projecting. the intent they must have had. I do this all the time when someone's like, um, asked about comedy. Right. Like this happens a lot where someone's like, oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. When I hear tell me a joke, I cringe and I want to fucking jump out the window. And in the same way, I'm sure this woman wants to jump out the window when the guy's like, how are you still single? Right. Sometimes when someone's like, tell me a joke or, or they go, do you make money doing that? You know, uh, like, do you make money yeah. doing a com- being a comedian? I know that I'll give everyone one shot. I believe everyone's redeemable and I believe everyone's a fine person. I think this person has to believe that when she goes on dates, these guys, their intent is there to be with you. They are attracted to you or they wouldn't be on the date and take their question and just answer it the way you hoped they were asking it. So I do this a lot where I go, someone's like, do you make money doing that? It's like, well, you know, I, I tour the country. Um, I have, three podcasts that I do, you know, this many times, you know, I answer it as if they asked it the right way. Right. So I think when someone says like, Hey, um, how are you still single? You go, maybe answer it the way as if they had asked, what was your last relationship? Right. What? Yeah. What is it? What has dating been like for you? Or what was your, you know what I mean? Like a question that, that holds less judge in your opinion anyway, like a, feeling or or judgment or like projection of a of a thought or yeah answer it the way you would hope they asked and 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 again again that that gets you to be vulnerable with the person that gets you to open up and also like i've done that where i'm like you know let me take what and then uh, honestly like uh, also in addition to all this like we're not asking you to like carry someone on your back the whole date but like they fucked up once you maneuvered it to a different place that you wanted it to go. And listen, if they keep going back to, but how are you still single? I end it. Yeah. And I think that, I think if answered the correct way, this really brings you to another level with the person that you're on the date with. And she says, you know, in the beginning of her email, she said that she was looking, she came off too strong by saying that she was looking for a serious relationship, right? But there's ways to show that you're looking for a serious relationship without saying, I'm looking for a serious relationship. And here's how you do it with that question. That someone is almost giving you the gateway 
to express that without expressing it. So someone yeah. says, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't, you're not, you don't have, you have to, you can show, not tell. So someone says, mm-hmm. uh, so like what brings you here? Why are you still on the apps? Why are you still single? Mm-hmm. And for me, that answer was like, once I came to terms with it, once I w- processed my own sense of like where I was in dating was, I spent a lot of time um, in an on again, off again thing that was just never, that never became a relationship and a lot. And through that process, I really worked out a lot of what I actually do want in a relationship, a relationship. And I've been really learning how to communicate better and communicate what I, my needs and communicate what I want. And now I'm kind of at a place where I feel like I'm really ready to, um, to date differently than I've been doing in the past. Yeah. And, and, you can even get as specific or general as you want, but it's I, I think when you answer it that way, that's you going, let me take you at the best way you could have possibly meant this question. Right. You know? Yeah. And I that and again, that's a perspective change. That's a that's a shift. Sometimes you're just not in the mood. I get it. I've been on dates, so uh, tell me a joke. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Goodbye. You know, like right. I, you know, like I, I understand. You get annoyed. I get annoyed. But um, if you, it, it, if you take someone at the at the at the best way they could have meant it, your dating experiences will be better. Yeah, and I think that um, it's. A, I think it's a good question. asked the wrong way, like you said. Yes, I totally agree with you. And they should ask it too, because that'll yeah, tell you a lot about someone. Ask yeah. it back. That guy could. I mean, he might answer it in the way that you go. Oh, he meant it that way. Right. He meant it in the best possible way. Yeah. You know, I think that that question does get vilified in a way that you're like, and I, listen, the bachelor last season, Clayton, this guy went on and said it on one of the dates and every like the world was like, how could you? And it's like watching it happen on the bachelor. You're like, oh, dude, you fucking idiot. Like, I do understand it. How did he say it? He literally said, how are you still single? Okay. <laughs> to one of the women on the uh, and it's like we're on a TV show to fucking date. How are you still single, dude? Like what right. are you talking about? You we're know? in the uh, we're at the same party. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's you know what I mean. So when I watched him ask it, I was like, "Ooh, it's it I guess it ha- it still happens, but I do understand he and when I watched it his eyes, it was like he did think it was a compliment." Yeah, and I think it um it can be because it's like it no one be. asks why no one they would if they thought you were awful, they would know the answer. Right. I think yeah. I, I I honestly think how are you st- how are you how are you not married by now is like a good one year in question. Like like okay. it, like I would I, it would make more sense to me a year into the relationship. You'd be like I am like if you were totally in love and you're like wait a minute what am I missing here? Do you know what I mean? Right. Then it's it, I think it could be flattering after anytime someone says it it's because they think you're great. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Skims, and with warmer weather coming up, I recently tried out one of their t-shirts. Skims makes the best basics and foundations, so it's no surprise that it's the best-fitting tee I've ever worn. Finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge, whether it's the fit or the quality, but with Skims, they make the most flattering shirts for everyone. Honestly, I love pretty much everything Skims makes, but I really love their t-shirts. They're like form-fitting, and they make my body just look that much smoother. I have the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt in Onyx. 
It has amazing versatility. It is literally a must-have for a spring wardrobe. They're stretchy, they're flattering. You can dress it up or dress it down. And you don't have to worry about compromising style or comfort. I also have the cotton jersey t-shirt in marble. And it's really just changed the game for me. It's taking the regular t-shirt, it's leveling it up. There's no stretched collars or hems, and it literally fits like a dream. Skims t-shirts are made with innovative technology while always keeping style and comfort in mind. From crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, Skims has something for every fit and everybody. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select you up in the drop down menu that follows. Let's do some awkward sex. You ready? I'm ready. People, we got new merch. Let's read some emails and what would J&J say? Mugs and then a splash of obnoxious T-shirts. I have the T-shirt. The T-shirt's great. Thick, comfy tea. Yes. And we are getting, we have new, you know, it's, it's bad to Memorial Day. Most hopeful weekend of the year, in my opinion. That's right. And we have a tank top, so the tank. I need the tank. Yeah, I, they're going to send both of us the tank. So hopefully, okay, we will be both recording in in tank tops, so you can From bring it to beach. more college cities. <laughs> that's that's right. I'm going to be suns out, guns out, tanks. I uh, I got to show off these four zag arms. Okay, exactly. Let's, okay, let's do some awkward sex. I J and J. I'm recently an avid listener of the pod. Always love getting your perspective on the dating questions of today. I'm constantly sharing your wisdom and so looking forward to you up live in San Francisco. Get your tickies, baby. I have an awkward sex story for you. A few years back, I was having a fun night out for a friend's birthday. At the bar, I met one of her friends who I thought was cute and started flirting with him. We were hitting it off, so at the end of the night, I brought him back to my apartment to continue the fun. The same night, my sister was supposed to be visiting me for the weekend with a flight getting in later that night. Her flight kept getting delayed, so we discussed that I was out and that she would just Uber to my apartment, let herself in, and I'd meet her there. By the time I got home with the guy, I was pretty drunk and totally forgot my sister would be arriving soon and that she was planning on sleeping in my bed with me. Long story short, the guy and I hooked up in my bed and then passed out. In the morning, I wake up and find the naked dude next to me and then remember that my sister must have let herself in and slept on the couch. I go out to the living room to apologize for making her sleep on the couch and she looks at me with wide eyes and says, you have no idea. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. I go I go back to my bedroom to tell the guy uh, he has to leave because my sister is here. He leaves and I get to talking to my sister and she tells me that she woke up just before me that morning but was in my bed with me and the man and had just gone to the living room minutes before I woke up. She described waking up when it started to get light out and seeing a large man's naked back. <laughs> this, re- this isn't my sister. Right? This reminded me of Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, sister, what a big back you have. Oh, my God. The better to have sex with your sister, dear. Oh, my God. (laughs) She said when she got in the night before, she didn't turn on the lights when she came into my room because she didn't want to wake me up. And she just thought I was taking up a lot of room in the bed. (laughs) Three people in a queen bed is tight. I would say so. Yeah. And he he was not the, a small man either. She keeps talking day, about his I big do, back. Right. <laughs> to this day, this guy's listening at home. Yeah, I got to fit this huge cock in that oh queen bed. That's right. Uh, 
To the, to this day, I do not understand how she didn't realize I wasn't the only one in there. I did see the guy again and asked him if he had woken up when both of us were in the bed with him. He said he had, and he didn't really know what to do. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Because uh, he was stuck in the middle, so just tried to go back to sleep. He was Instead in the middle? Was, <laughs> I would imagine he woke up, but thinking he was still in a dream, like, this is the best dream of my life. There's another you know, one. <laughs> she women. looks like the first one. <laughs> been sitting on that story for a while hope you enjoyed it unexpected threesome what do you think um i had a similar situation i love this really what happened this was actually with mike so um oh my god when we were in when we first started dating we were like two months in and we were both out in montauk with like our own friends and his friend had like a, a house in in montauk mm-hmm. where a, a bunch of his friends were staying and we're, you know, we, we, we wound up, we meet, we met out like the, both of the, gr- the groups at one of the bars and the two of us go back early and we go back to, um, his, the friend's house and like, I wake up in the morning and, um, his friend is on the other side of me in the bed with <laughs> <laughs> the story, ba- <laughs> with the story basically being that like, they were supposed to share a bed. There's not enough mm-hmm. beds in the house. The friend came back and was like. I got to go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Very much a beach house story. Like beach houses. That's kind of how it goes. Like, you know, sleep where you fall is kind of the, uh, the rule, but it's also like, as you get older, I do know that I've been in these beach house situations. Like at 22, you'd come back to the beach house and like someone would like be under the table. Like they're the (laughs) wicked witch of the West. Just the feet popping out. Exactly. they'll, They'll sleep anywhere. Yeah. anywhere but then you get older and you're in these beach houses you're like i will not sleep on a floor i don't care who i'm next to i don't care we have to go feet to head head to foot i don't give a fuck i am sleep i don't care if it's my friend's new girlfriend that he's gonna <laughs> probably get engaged to i'm sleeping right on top of fucking her you know like you you, you get like Basically. territorial yeah and that was one of the first it's funny because now i've known these friends for like five years but that was like one of the first times i had met them and it was just like an interesting way to uh you know i wake up oh in between God. the two of them <laughs> being and and waking up in a bed with someone that you like didn't expect in like in in that way is like a very startling you yeah know, like, it is like i mean it's like one time i remember i was with my family did i ever tell this story on a cruise I don't think so. And, I didn't know you've been on a cruise. Oh, my family used to go on cruises all the time. My parents <laughs> loved them. So it was my brother and I. And my brother was probably like 14, making me 18. So I'm like 18 getting drunk on this cruise for like, you know, tr- you know, trying to show off and getting too drunk. So I, one of the nights I came back and I remember um, <laughs> I came back and like passed out naked in a little cruise ship bed. Like it was just like two singles. Okay. And for whatever reason, that day they the the boat hit a wave that was bigger than normal. Like the, the boat sways <laughs> side it's to the side. The Titanic. They had an iceberg. This, this was like one of those sways that like they were like shit came off of, oh, wow. of the okay. shelves. But they were like we the, you know, the boat can handle a ten. This was a six but even a six was like, what the fuck just happened? But okay. the boat rolled over. And I remember I was like in that like hungover, sleeping, but not really sleeping state. And I'm naked and the boat <laughs> kept going. So I fell out of my bed and rolled into his bed and literally 
now it's just me naked with my brother in a single bed. Did you wake up? As as the boat is falling over. Like <laughs> and then he woke up, I woke up, everyone's like ah, 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 you know, like everyone's <laughs> screaming. <laughs> and then I'm totally naked, you know, like, like and I just I mean it's just and I would say men are not used to the bed hang in the way that women might be too. Right. They're not sharing beds quite as frequently. Women will like cuddle for the weekend as like a trip. Yeah. Like it's crazy it's to me. Yeah. How many guys I, I, will you put in a hotel room? Um, me. Goodbye. On a, on a bachelor party in your 20s. I mean, it would be me and another guy. Like at this right. age, at yeah. 37, I'm going to split a room and we'll have two queen beds. Like right. I'm not doing, I'm not doing four people in a room. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I but I know women will like visit each other for a week and they won't even go out and they'll just like lie in paw the bed. each other's hairs. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the idea that I would I've had like, weekends like that. The weather's bad. You just kind of hold yeah. each other. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that I'm like, hey Johnny, want to come over and hold each other and watch a movie? Like what? <laughs> I, I have no relation to that. So that it's you know it's funny that like I hear this story about the, the sisters like yeah we were planning on sleeping together and it's like. If my brother spent the weekend, get on the fucking couch, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the bed's big. It's a queen bed. It's big enough for two people. Just not. Not not in my world. Amazing. Um, <laughs> but that's very funny that she, like, didn't even realize. Oh, didn't even realize. Um, I mean, it's, it's also like, I mean, what did you give names for? Did you give names? I liked Maddie's name of Three's Company. Three's company was uh, came to my mind. I saw yes. Maddie had come up with it already. Sister, sister, the cuddle puddle, uh, the slumber party. I called it um, Three's a crowd, like that. And then one big back in the sack. <laughs> big back. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Not the hospitable welcome the sister had uh, anticipated. Not at all. Listen, if you want to uh, send your awkward sex to UUP at Betches keep sending them in, people. You know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. 
By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. You ready to do another email? I'm ready. How's the podcast going? You got oversharing. I got oversharing. It's great. We're talking about all sorts of sensitive issues. A lot of friend, a lot of friend issues. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know if men have these these uh, issues as much as you know their friendships grow and change. I don't feel a responsibility to like keep up with my friends in the way that <laughs> women. I mean, they they say they say older men have no friends. Like there there's I saw some study right. where it's like. Older men just are like, uh, and I see that my dad, like my dad didn't have a friend in the world and they moved to like Boca to this community and now he's like involved. Now he's in a frat. Now, (laughs) basically, now he's like, oh, I don't talk to that guy anymore. I'm like, you never spoke to anyone ever. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, I agree with that. All of a sudden he's got drama, but like, but they say men as they get older, like just have nobody. And that's why they die early. Like it was like a reason for why <laughs> men die earlier is they like have no relationships. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I guess that is kind of true. But I also in my life, I'm like, I, if I saw a buddy from college and I hadn't seen him for a year, I wouldn't be like, you haven't checked in. Like I'd be like, well, right. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I could see that. I think there's more because there's more like I think of an intimate sharing of feelings among friends, mm-hmm. female friends more regularly. It can feel like a lot more. I mean, that you just we just talked about staying in bed all weekend and just like yeah, braiding each other's hair. I think <laughs> there is a sense of like an intimacy. It's not the same as a romantic relationship, obviously, mm. but you can feel. I think women are more likely to feel like losing a friendship is like a breakup. Is like, you know, Jordana, you 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 don't understand. I was out having breakfast the other day, and these two women were sitting next to me and I didn't have my headphones in so I like just overheard them and it was one woman doing the apology step to another woman for AA oh interesting so I literally like was like these headphones ain't going in this is this is is the podcast I'm listening to you were like me in the hair salon with the woman who's who's talking about her fiance not proposing to her (laughs) that's right that's (laughs) or her her boyfriend whatever (laughs) yeah so then I the one woman like didn't accept the apology. And I was like, I didn't know that's could was an option. Like, with- <laughs> I could have been rejecting these apologies all these years. Well, I, I mean, I didn't know when you do like the AA steps, like if someone came up to me, and was like, I'm doing the apology step for the AA. I'd be like, yeah, whatever you want. You're the best. Don't worry about it. Let's have a drink. Like I would be like so oh. nervous. I mean, it depends. This- it would depend who it was and what they did to me. I guess. Well, that's the thing. This yeah. is the thing I never thought of. And this kind of on the subject of like female friendship, this woman was like, I hear your apology. I'm happy you're getting sober, but let me tell you what you've done wrong and had like a whole response for this woman that I had. no. She was like, I came to you with this. And in the, on the subject of like sharing feelings, she's like, I was there for you here. I was there for you here. I was there for you here. 
And then she had like the receipts and she's like, you never asked me about this and this and this. And I was like, oof, I would I, I had no understanding of it, if that makes sense. Right. It's interesting because you just said that. And I had I thought about like, I don't have a friend that I would feel that way about. But I think that there's certain men from my past that if they were like, you know, I've got. I just wanted to like get coffee and talk to you about like how sorry I might be like great here's <laughs> here's my itemized list of things where I feel like I you know what I mean and mm-hmm. um so I do think and I don't know if that's again a woman thing versus like being on more of the reject it's it just I think it goes a lot into rejection and like there's more of there's more of a feeling of sensitivity towards rejection or like rank um with friendships a lot of the times maybe i'm a bad friend i don't know like i i i I just think i don't think men expect as much from each other i really don't i expect nothing from my friends like even if i went if they came to me it was like i'm dealing with a breakup and i was like let's get drinks let's talk about it and then i dealt with a breakup i wouldn't be like oh good thing i took their breakup talk so I can go use them now too. Like I, I don't think of it. I, I don't know. It kind of felt that way. I think it's more like I thought we had like an intimacy where like you cared about what was going on in my life. But I was just a sounding board. Not really. Right. In that, I guess that in that case, like, or I don't know. It's just like, I feel like, do you, do you talk about your feelings a lot with like your male friends? I just feel like they're, that's why men get fewer friends in adulthood because they're, they're a little bit more about like circumstance. I guess. I don't know. I don't really... Not to talk shit about male friendships. I think that maybe... No, I, you can talk as much shit as you want. I'm trying to think if I, I... I... Like I have very specific friends I would have very specific conversations with like, you know, but I, the idea of like, I, I don't even know if I'm talking about my feelings, but maybe I am. I, I, you know, like I've never <laughs> thought of it that way. You know, yeah. I'm just like, we're just talking. You right. know, like, and, and it's also very much um, like when I talk to my male friends, it's very much like it goes from topic to topic and it's not like this is a feelings date. Oh, you know when I, mean? I talk to my friends, we just analyze the same situation over and over and over and over again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So this is coming up on oversharing. This is like. Yes. But yeah. Female friendships are like a big, I think, a big pillar of what we're talking about and obviously like um, familial like relationships and problems with um, in-laws and your own siblings and your own parents, which, you know, I come, we come from a very chaotic multifaceted family. So we have a lot of experience navigating that kind of stuff, but guys check it out. Um, It's gotten a really good response so far. And um, if you have any thoughts about, things you'd like to see or things you'd like to see less of, then um, email us, oversharing.com. But let's get into our second email. I love this one. I, I love this one. I think we might be the perfect people to ask about this one. Can you imagine talking so. to like, uh, like a real therapist about this? They'd be like, no. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you want to go for it? Yeah, I'll read it. All right. Hey, it's Jane a really Jane. good email. It is good. Hey, JJ, I have a somewhat of a unique situation to get your take on, but I think it could relate to anyone who has a more public persona for whatever reason, career in media, etc. I recently obtained a large following on TikTok, and it has negatively impacted my dating life. I'm 29, older than the typical TikTok user, and date guys between 29 and 40. About six months ago, I created a series of videos on TikTok that got millions of views and over 100,000 followers. 
It was truly unintentional, but I was having fun and wanted to capitalize on my happy accident and have continued to make videos. I don't make an amount of money that I would consider leaving my job for, but I've made a few hundred bucks a month and I've gotten a few gifts from brands. As a whole, my content isn't anything controversial. Think millennial humor. I quote unquote, I used to be so crazy, but look at me going to bed at nine now while cooking, cleaning, or making cocktails at home. Cliche, but people like it. I like this woman's self-awareness. I also keep this very separate from my personal life. I don't make videos in public or ask friends to be a part of them or anything. Despite this, my TikTok has been somewhat of a deal breaker to guys I've dated in the last few months. A few months back, one of my friends set me up with his friend, 33. We went on a few dates and had a lot of flirty back and forth, but he ghosted me after about a month, a month or so. When I ran into him at a party a few weeks later, he told me, you're really cool and was having fun. But to be honest, the TikTok thing was a little much. Oof. (laughs) I've been... (laughs) It's very honest of him. Very honest. I've been on a few dates since. And when my TikTok comes up, usually as a response to what do you do for fun? The response is so annoying. Some comments have included asking, asking if I'm going to make a TikTok of our date, if I make videos twerking in a bikini, etc. I never mind jokes at my expense if someone is laughing with me, but the comments are very much negs and the guys are clearly turned off. Is there a way I can explain my TikTok that makes sense to a 30 plus year old guy who doesn't understand it? That doesn't make me look immature or like a fame hungry wannabe influencer. Part of the reason I brought up the account early is that I want to weed out guys. This would be a deal breaker for early on earlier on, but is this giving them the wrong idea? Is this just the price of fame? Jokes. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. It's TikTok, not only fans. P.S. One of my friends suggested looking for guys who use TikTok or sliding into guys' TikTok DMs to meet guys. Is it bad that guys being on TikTok when they're not already celebrities is a huge turnoff to me? <laughs> like, I feel like it's something more normal for women to do, but guys over 25 trying to make TikToks for the purpose of going viral just feels cringe. It's so funny that she just lays out this huge judgment for something that she's been so... Um, that the entire email is about her having anxiety for being judged about. I mean, she literally <laughs> writes, I would not be attracted to me. Basically. At the end of her email. Yeah. At the end of her email, she writes, she literally says, guys over 25, she says she's 29, making TikToks for the purpose of going viral feels cringe. Hold up the mirror, baby girl. Yeah. You're talking to you. That you no, know, but listen. I also love her awareness. I love this email. We both said before, you know, we got into it how much we loved it because this is again like for. There's kind of two parts to this email to me. The okay. one is you're not going to be attractive to everyone, and this is a part of your life now. And listen, I'm in that game too. Some people look at me and they go, "Comedian with a fucking podcast that talks about dating." No, I'm out. I'm. I don't want to be with that. Uh, with, with that type. I don't want to be with someone in that profession. I don't want to be someone who puts out their life in that way. That is just the, that's what it is. You can't avoid sure. that. Yeah. That is unavoidable. You're going to turn people off. You're going to turn people on. They're going to be turned off for what you feel are the wrong reasons. They're going to be turned on for what might be the wrong reasons as well. So not a match for you if they're not interested. Not a match. Yeah. Um, I, I would say for me, and this sounds hypocritical, I would also not date someone who is doing a lot of TikToks. Okay. Because- I, I, I totally understand. The whole nature of the incentivize what incentivizes you on TikTok. And I've had to like review my TikTok strategy as someone who 
found an audience through the internet. Like I was never on TV. Like the reason, you know, the internet has been great for me, but also it's the problem at the same time. I, you know, the internet sucks to deal with, but it's the reason people come to my shows. It's the reason, you know, people buy tickets and it's the reason I can, you know, have a career. I wasn't cast on a TV show. I wasn't, you know, chosen by a network to, you know, Comedy Central hasn't knocked at my door. Netflix didn't come to me and say, here's a special. I had to do things through the internet. So I do live in that world, but even so, I know how that world works. So like my, I'm seeing in stand-up what TikTok has become is a lot of people throwing pennies into a wishing well. Right, because anyone can go viral. Anyone can go viral. So for her to say that her viralness was unintentional, it may have been unintentional, but it is very intentional now if you're doing it three times a day as people tell you to do. Right. They, they literally tell you, post on TikTok three times a day. That's how you gain a following. So we've taken, so I can understand, because so when I see that, my fear as a guy is if someone's putting up millennial, you know, as she puts it, millennial memes on TikTok, you know, some of that turns into dating memes. Okay. You know, and I, and she says I would never put anything personal, but you could. And the things that pop off on TikTok are generally things as a guy, straight dude, TikTok ain't a place for us to make jokes on there. It is a place okay. for women to make jokes on there. But why is what you put out okay and the TikTok girls not in your I'm mind? not saying it is okay. I'm right. saying I don't trust the people putting out on TikTok, you know, every day because the incentive is put out more, put out things that are viral, that have a good hashtag, and you will pop off. So right. let's say you know, this guy's dating you and he cancels a couple times in a row. Okay. That is way, a woman going on TikTok saying, look at this guy who canceled a couple times in a row on me has way more opportunity to go viral than the other way around. If I put up messages from women saying, I got, you know, look at all these women canceling on me, aren't they horrible? It's just not the fodder that would get me off on there. Okay, and so you think that's these guys' fear? I think it's part of it. I think that there's no winning for a guy on TikTok, you know, to to really do what like as far as like you have to be a total cartoon. I'm I, and I'm speaking very honestly right. about this. I know how yeah. it can sound bad, but I'm like, listen, you go on TikTok and you're like, look at what had that West Elm Caleb thing. Like, yeah, there there was nuance and there was a there was a response for that guy to have, and he just went silent, nothing, never said a word. It wasn't worth it to him, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting. Is it like, what if she doesn't write about dating though? Like I'm like saying, I'm just giving I'm in terms of like a practical advice of someone who's using this kind of as a creative outlet, but now they're like into it and now they're like invested in growing this thing. Like, is there no hope for her in the dating realm or is she just, have I don't to, think there's no hope. I, like, I think that goes back to like, not your match and you have to like get people, you're going to have people that are going to run away from that. Like, right. Again, in the same way that like you don't like a guy who posts to go viral, like you have to admit that part of what brings people to TikTok and to post on it is the ability to win the internet lottery that day. Right. More so than something like Instagram. I think. More so yeah. than any yeah. other social media. Yeah. 
you know, if you post a lot, this on could Facebook, be the one, <laughs> this could be the one. And, and it's like, you have to understand that that might turn people off. Like, listen, I'm that way too. So I, you know, if someone looked at me and go, not for me, I have to kind of be okay with that. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I used to deal with something very similar. I had a blog called Betches. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. when I was dating, I had a blog called Betches and I had an Instagram account, which at the time I was like running, which is like exactly what she, millennial, millennial meme culture. Yeah. Right. And that was what I, that was what I was posting. And I'm sure that there's guys that I went on dates with that, you know, and I'd get the same thing you would get is that how do you actually earn money or, yeah. um, do you know what I mean? What are, what's the, what is your actual plan? Like, or like mm-hmm. this is, or like, this is lowbrow or this is ridiculous. And I think that that's, that's just kind of like what it is. There's, I mean, if, if, and if people don't get it, they don't get it. And if they don't care to, to learn or try to learn more then again, they're, they're kind of just not a match for you. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword with these things. Right. And like mm-hmm. anything else, I think the thing we have to remember is anything is a trade off. So like, yes. yeah, you make a few hundred dollars off of TikTok every month. That's like pretty cool. It's some extra nice, extra disposable income. Maybe you have fun, kind of creating this stuff and it's a great hobby. The downside of that is that you live a more public life and some people might not be interested in that. Like every positive thing has its trade-off. Absolutely. And I I just, I think people like the TikTok world doesn't like to admit to that every post is for the hope that it's a million people viewing it. You know, the difference for Instagram. And so she has to understand that like, oh, I unintentionally have 100,000 followers, but you intentionally are posting a certain amount each day, um, cliche things as you describe them. So you're not even like a fan of your own material. You know, <laughs> like it's not like, like I would look at that and be like, hey, like, like to me, like, you know, I, I mean, as someone who's like fights every day to like try and keep a, this... A career moving like I like well you know, yeah like I, I, it's I think, hard for me to be a front row seat for someone doing it casually like you know right like, that, that's a kind of an insult to me it's like you know like well I think she lives in this in-between place which as someone who formerly was in that place is mm. a really hard place to live in because course, yeah. there's a there's a sense of like okay I don't know if I need to like quit my job to like do this thing or for me at the time it was like before we were making any money it's like this is what I do but is it really what I do because I can't really support myself yet and Mm -hmm. so you're kind of like in you're living in between two worlds of like I don't really know where to place this part of me is it my whole is it just my sometimes you also get it gets reduced down to your whole personality when it's like oh I feel like a little more dynamic than this or it's some Mm -hmm. it's part of what I do but it's not the whole thing and I think part of it kind of circling it back to the first question is like figuring out how you actually see this. Like, what do you actually want from this? How do you feel? How do you really feel about it? And I think once you have more confidence in how you really feel about it, once you're like, either like, I'm a TikTok creator and like, this is my dream is to build a whole life and income and quit my job and do this full time. That's what, that's one way if she's, if, if she's thought about it or, you know, this isn't really that important to me and I'm not going to display it as something that's important to me and I'm going to explain it as something that doesn't matter to me that much because it doesn't. That all, you're right. That almost makes it easier, I would think, to be like, this is what I'm going for. Like, I, that's kind of like my, that's part of my envy of Gen Z 
like <laughs> Gen Z, like the, I think we've talked about this before. The idea that you could be a content creator as your job out of college or like aspire to that. Yeah. Like back in our, you know, back in our day, our day. Um, but like, but like the idea of starting a food blog was such a punchline. Yeah, no, you know? totally. And, and I had a blog. And now today so it's not a punchline. Yeah. yeah, you had it. You knew. Like, yeah. yours made it out, you know? Eventually. Like, eventually but that's what I'm saying. You know. But it's kind of like uh, no one's Brad Pitt until they're Brad Pitt. Like, totally. do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure anyone who's super successful at what they're doing now had a time before that, before they crossed that threshold where they were like, am I an actor? Do you know what I mean? Like I have like a job here or there and like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how, I don't know where, how I, if I can base my identity on this fully because I don't, I'm scared. It's not going to work out. Totally. And I mean, I used to get questions all the time. You're going to do jokes about me, about this date. Like I get I that's get, it. you're going to blog every, about yeah, this. Yeah. You're blog about this. Yeah. Like, so like, you're in it, ba- babe. You know, like, welcome <laughs> to the show. Welcome to the game. You're in. Like, I, I think what you said is very, very true. Um, this, if you're stuck between two worlds, if you're, you know, Hannah Montana, um, <laughs> you know, in exactly. the TikTok space, you, you know, I can understand how that makes it harder because you're like, it's just something I do sometimes. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, I, I but I also under. Sorry, go on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I think it's really scary to say, and she hasn't even written in her letter, but maybe she thinks it in the back of her head. Like it's a really scary, vulnerable thing to say. Yeah, I really want to do this profession. I really want to make a living off of this. I really want to be really successful at it because if you don't, then you've sort of like put out. Then it's like a vulnerable thing of yeah. like I've put this out and like now it might not happen, and I've let everyone know that I care about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. let everyone know that I care about this thing's success. But yeah. I think to live in that in-between world is the worst possible place you can live that she's talking about because you just kind of seem like you don't know yourself at all. Yeah. You're, well, then what are you doing is, is right. kind of the response. for. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny that I got hung up on like not trusting the person who wants to put stuff on TikTok. You're what you saw, you know, the way you looked at this email is the more relatable thing. But I, I definitely do think there's a thing with guys of like, there ain't no win. A video made about <laughs> you being kind of just a dude dating could be a problem. Yeah. Like why would you, you know, why would you sign up for that? Totally. I mean, we also like, think about the two of us. We have a podcast where we talk about dating and relationships. Totally. So if anyone gets this, yeah. um, it's us. And, yeah, we get you know, it. I don't know what it would have been like to be to have been dating um, while starting this podcast or like I to mean, not I'm dating you know, while doing it right now. And yeah, it's, it's what I'm saying. Uh, I give you credit. It's yeah. definitely stressful um, because also like I we speak freely here like and, you know, you'll get feedback like, oh, like anyone can listen and know exactly what's going on in my life. they're gonna know if you think you have a girlfriend or not (laughs) yeah that's right let's play some games you ready let's do it red flag deal breaker j and j and if you have a if you have a red flag deal breaker uup at betches.com uup at betches.com j and j huge fan of the pod 
Yes, I have the merch. Have been to the live shows. Have recommended wow. the show to too many friends. Well, it's never too many. Super I'm fan. Even emb- <laughs> I'm even embarrassed to say that this is actually my second time writing in. Even though you didn't pick my email before, I found it quite therapeutic to write an email, so I'm back at it again. We have that happen a lot. A lot of people say that. They're like, I wrote in, but just writing the email made me feel better. Yeah, so write in, and maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll read it. Or maybe, maybe not. you'll just have your meditative moment. Exactly. Um, I think I have a good red flag deal breaker. I don't think this would be a deal breaker for many people, but I'm curious if you think it's a red flag altogether. Maybe it's no big deal. Why don't you get to it? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I got an idea for you. Yeah. Been dating a guy for four months. Early on, he mentioned that he never cried over a girl. The convo came up over text, and since we were both in the middle of a workout, we didn't get that deep talking about it. At one point, I asked him in person to clarify, and he confirmed never cried over or about a girl. He's 26 and mentioned being in three relationships, each of which has lasted longer than six months. I knew him peripherally while he was in two of these relationships, and neither seemed like casual relationships. Interestingly, I have seen him cry before, but this was related to his mom passing away about eight months ago. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry to laugh. She's like, yes! Yeah, the, Got it. The, Got the emotion. The idea that him crying over a 22-year-old relationship or his mom dying. I mean, come on. Like, She's like, at least we have that. <laughs> he got emotional talking about it once. He hasn't shied away from vulnerability in our relationship, but it freaks me out a little that he hasn't cried over a girl. Not one. Or is it totally normal? Is he putting up a front of masculinity? This made me think, do a lot of guys just never cry about girls? I'm not a huge crier myself, but I have most definitely cried over boys. One friend told me this was a huge red flag. Another told me it was no big deal. I thought it was a moderate red flag, but clearly I'm okay with it. Curious to hear your takes. Jordana, what do you think? I'm fine with this. I don't don't like... I personally, I don't like judging people for the amount of tears that they shed. I don't think it's a, it's a good, accurate way to determine someone's um, emotional IQ. I don't cry a lot at all. I, <laughs> I could not agree with you more, Jordana. Yeah. I will say this. I've never cried over a woman. Ooh. Ah, breaking news. <laughs> Has anyone ever broken up with you? Um, I've been broken up with, yeah. Not, not a single tear? What am this I is, do? I, I'm just no, curious. I, what are you going to do? I, <laughs> be gone, bitch. Uh, no, I, um, I, I thought about this red flag deal breaker. Okay, oh, I thought you were going to say I thought about crying. I thought, well, I've done, I've done the try to make myself cry so I can get out of this breakup sooner. You know, like <laughs> you know, oh, you try God. and like work up tears. You know, yeah. just to be like, because again, you're just like, look, look. It's a little wet. Look at well, I care. You know, like you have to show people. If you can cry easily because like you can oh. show someone because like it's a very physical marker of like you showing the uh, the emotion that someone wants you to show. What I would do to be able to cry on command. It would have got so many hours given back to me at breakups. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been out of there. Could have been an hour. lunch. Missed so many lunches. So no, to be serious though, um, let me tell a brief story. La- last night I was with a friend who got dumped by a guy. Okay, okay. She's literally sitting. W- w- it was I was with a few friends. It was late at night. She's looking at her phone. She's like, "I'm about to be dumped." She knew it was coming. She's like, okay. "Was she?" We took. Yes, we okay. took. She's like, "We took space," and she was about to go home to take the call. We're all at the table making fun of her. Um, having a grand old time. It was hilarious. Um, 
Sounds hysterical. <laughs> I'll tell you the, the story more in depth off mic, but it was very we were we were trying to be there for her in a certain, okay. in a in a certain way. Some might see it differently, but I I felt it was done with love. Proverbial um, brunch table. She went outside. She took the call. It's over, and she was crying about it, and I felt really bad. But what I noticed and what relates me to this red flag deal breaker is like. It was so much more than just a breakup for her. There was so much other societal things. You know, kids were mentioned and marriage was mentioned. And so many subjects were touched upon that if when I get dumped or when I break up, it's not it has there was no other things involved. There's none of that riding on it. There was nothing riding on it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it'll be so and then I think of the times I have cried. I've cried when I talk about like how the Tonight Show happened for me. There was <laughs> so much things that went into that, and such a storyline, and so many other things involved: family, friends, um, you know, risk taking. Um, that I get choked up about it in the right. way that I'm like, I've never cried about a girl. So mm-hmm. this is all to say that there's just I think the reason it's not a, like protecting masculinity. The reason a lot of guys don't cry is like it's not 17, a web of 17 things that you're hoping to happen or people go into talk it. to you about go into it. It's very much more linear. If That's that a makes great sense. point, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Right. Because it's not just that you're no longer going to be seeing this person anymore, which is probably the extent of what it is for you, which I'm sure can be sad, yeah. but like, it's sad, but like, you know, it's, you'll listen. meet someone else. We'll meet someone. Else. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like the, it's like the dream that's dead. Yes. It's the dream of, of the wedding and the kids and the family and all the things that you imagine doing together that I think yeah, is, I, I even said to her, she, she mentioned kids. She was like, and, and I was like, did you want to have kids with this guy? She was like, I don't know. You know, like it's like, right, it's the dream you know that I mean? you had that the search was over. Yes. Um, but I thought it was yeah. super interesting. Cause when I read that this red flag deal breaker, I thought of her and how bad I felt and how much it wasn't about this guy. It was about everything, the whole world of guys and having to go back to dating and, explaining to your friends, you know, she was like, I met all his friends. Why would he introduce me to his friends? And I was like, that is not something in a breakup. I would even talk about. Right. It's the idea of having to like start a new life. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. So I, so this is why to me, this is a nothing. Wow. Now I'm just thinking about every, right. Every time I've cried over a guy and all the, all the things that went into that, that feeling yeah yeah that it did feel like more than anything that's what it does feel like because a lot of it i mean especially like when you feel like invested in something you're kind of like this was the path it feels bigger than just like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna see this person anymore totally and and for me it never felt bigger than that Hmm. so interesting i love this okay let's do another one yeah this is why this podcast is great I have to say, I, this was someone's listening right now going, ah, I'm listening right now going. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready All right. for our, our next one is a voicemail. 
We love, love the it. voicemails. And if you want to send yours in the, the hotline, 212-589-8903. Save it in your phone as J&J. You have us anytime you need. All right, let's do it. Okay, hey, um, um, a avid listener, big time fan, talk about you guys all the time, but I have a red flag or deal breaker, sort of coincides with an awkward sex story also. So I was dating this guy and we just had sex and after we had sex, he's like, you know, like walking around placid penis, <laughs> which is a gross term, but you know, and he goes over to my comfort water bottle, which is, you know, the water bottle you carry around everywhere with you, regardless of where you go, which is on the side of my bed, and takes the tip of his penis and taps it on the straw of my water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was a deal breaker for me. Um, but I wanted to know, is this, like, red flag deal breaker? Like, I realized, like, yeah, you give blowjobs, but that doesn't mean I want, like, water bottle straw. So, anyway, red flag or deal breaker. Love you guys. I, lo- I laughed so hard at this one the first time oh, I heard it. it was. This is the first time I heard it. I, I waited to hear the voicemail, and I, I didn't know she was calling from an airplane phone <laughs> from the 1990s. Um, I mean, just, uh, first of all, I feel like everyone who leaves a voicemail sounds exactly the same. They do have a, I mean, our audience is. Very similar uh, voice. I don't know. It has a similarity to it. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So is, is the red flag deal breaker that he's just fucking with her? He's like, just, just having a fun time with his penis. Is that, I guess. And she taps really, her, her aqua flask. She didn't say there's like hydro a flask. hydro flask. She didn't say there was like a discussion around it, which I'm kind of wondering what happened. I, the way I hear it is that he's, Gets out of bed, flaccid t- with his flaccid pee, and then he just is like boop on the hydro flask, and then goes to the bathroom like he's joking, like it was like a fun thing. Oh, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my water bottle. Now I, I have to put. <laughs> a, I'm trying to think if a woman got out of bed. What if she put the straw so- for your water bottle in her vagina? She just boop. squats down on it. <laughs> boop. <laughs> I'd be like, what is wrong with this person? That's what but I'm I would saying. also I'd be intrigued to tell you the truth. <laughs> of course he <you> would. <laughs> um no, I wouldn't like that. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? Disrespectful. Yeah, what, is this, what is this? A frat house? Yeah. yeah first of all, no one wants to see your flaccid penis. Like just Flaccid D. It, it's a tough look. Especially again, the I don't even understand what was what would be the joke? I, I don't know. Was, uh, I guess the joke is my penis has touched your water bottle. This is a very... <laughs> <laughs> this is very low-hanging fruit. Well, it's a male thing. Like, I, I understand. <laughs> like, I do done understand. This? Yeah, I've done versions of let me touch my... Let me touch something that you hold dear to make it grosser than it was a second ago. That's, that's a very male prank. What's next? Picture of my grandma? Yeah. <laughs> mental piece. <laughs> that would be funny if he just went around with his flaccid penis just touching, touching everything. La da di da 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 da
It's uh oh Cinderella, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinderella, Salagadula, Mecadadula, Bippity Bobbity. Put them together, and what so, have you got? Bippity Bobbity, Bippity Bobbity, Bippity Bobbity, penis. <laughs> She's got the wand. Yeah, um, it's got a penis okay. at the end of the wand. I'd be out as well. What about you? She puts she puts the straw of your camel back in her vagina. Um, I'm not out. I'm wondering. <laughs> You're I, more I gotta, in. I gotta, yeah, I gotta see what else this crazy person will do while naked. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Let's do one more. Okay. Hey, Jane J. Red flag or breaker. He keeps Ben and Jerry's in the fridge and drinks it like milk. Backstory. I woke up in a guy's apartment for a sleepover. And while I was getting ready to leave, he opened the fridge and broke out a Ben and Jerry's container and then proceeded to drink it from, to drink from it as if it were milk. He keeps it in the fridge. So it stays in the melted liquid form. I thought this was weird, but also potentially genius. When I told my friends about it, they thought it was insane behavior. So I thought I'd consult the experts. It's insane that he's doing this in the morning. Oh, did she say it was the morning? That's really weird. Yeah, she's getting ready to leave. He opens the fridge and he's like, uh, let me just get out my morning. Oh. If anyone eats Ben and Jerry's in the morning, I'm like, what is going wrong in your life? Just, diabetes. It could be frozen. Edies. <laughs> I said diabetes. Oh, diabetes. I thought you were like a different ice cream at least. No, oh, no. Diabe- <laughs> I mean, like that can be good for your long-term glucose, blood glucose level. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, do you have a job? Are you recently divorced? Like that is a very like sad dude maneuver to wake up. To me, waking up and having a beer and waking up and drinking your melted Ben and Jerry's are the same thing. Okay, so it's all about timing for you. It's the timing. His idea of I like taking the Ben and Jerry's and drinking it from the fridge, I think that's a fine idea because it's like a milkshake. But if you're but to me, that's like something like if he did that like your mom coming home from work and defrosting the chicken. Like right. if that was a preparation he did for the dessert he was going to have later, I would go this guy's got some thought to him he's a chef this guy's this guy's a chef this guy's <laughs> yes. got a hack that could be on tiktok that he could get a hundred thousand followers and turn off some women with so i <laughs> but it's because it's just sitting there and he does it in the morning that to me sounds like a guy who is saying he does this when he actually did this by accident okay which wouldn't like be an issue show off right like it is okay. an issue it is an issue. Yeah. That he's pretending? I don't like that it's happening in the morning and he's like, oh, this is just what I do. It's like, oh, you wake up every morning and have your Ben and Jerry's shake? Is, like, it, the lack of, is it the lack of self-control for you? It's the self-control and it's also <laughs> that he's professing this as a thing he does, but it's not. It, it, it seems like he put it in the fridge by accident and drank it and told this woman, oh, this is just what I do. Okay. So it's it's the it's the lack of honesty. You think yes. he's a liar? I think he's a liar. And on an unhealthy liar at that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you think? I think I agree the time of day is weird if he did this like after dinner and he was like mm-hmm. I just like it from I just like to drink it. I like like I like a milkshake and this is just mm-hmm. like a sort of lazier version of a milkshake and he framed it like that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Okay, I'll can I try?" I mean, I try. Yeah, it. guys a thinker. Exactly. Well, we did it. Listen, we solved dating again. Jordana, wonderful episode. Great emails. The so proud of us. Really did a great job this week. And 
We'll, uh, we'll be back on Sunday with a Sunday special, right? Yes, we'll see you Sunday. Bye. You Up is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Maddie Paul. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at You Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And send us your emails to youup at betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix, May 16th. Betches.